The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the more you know sports podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is September the 19th, and the Cardinals are eight games up. Check the phone this time just to make sure. Eight games up on the Milwaukee Brewers with 14 to go. Uh, today, we are joined uh, once again from a jail cell in Champaign, Illinois, at the House of Pain uh, by Caleb. Caleb, how you doing? Good. Can't complain. Glad, glad to hear. And fresh off the trip uh, to Camp Randall with a little jumping around in the with about 60,000 of his best friends and the Grateful Red. Uh, friend of the show, our only national champion we've ever had on here, Mike Godar. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Good to be here. My <laughs> knees are a little sore, but we're good to go. I watched the vid. It looked like you guys had a hell of a time up there. It was worth it. Completely worth it, for sure. Did you just go up just to experience that, or it's like 100... your son or brother, a Wisconsin fan? 100% just to jump around. That was it. And awesome. you should have you seen me explaining that to my dad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, 68 year old and uh uh hey dad we're going to the wisconsin game yeah what for well we just want to they play jump around at the end of the third quarter and the whole stadium jumps up and down so you're driving all the way to wisconsin to jump up and down yep that's pretty much it doesn't that sound like fun no it's a other people do it too. It's beautiful it is it's amazing it's a it's a fun town i mean just uh on the walk from the car to the stadium, uh, just all the tailgating, every, the whole the whole town turns upside down. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's a it was an it was a neat time. That's awesome. We uh, we just got back actually today. We were in Louisville for four days for a music festival. But Friday night, so you get the music festival. There was a running at Churchill Downs this weekend. There was another bourbon festival. But Friday night, Florida State was in town to play Louisville. And where we stayed, like if you looked out our window, you could see the football stadium. Uh, so we drove through the campus. That place is freaking amazing, too. I've never been to the University of Louisville. It is beautiful. Everything is set up right. I mean, you can just tell when you go to one of these big schools. And Caleb, obviously, you're at U of I. It's the same way. Like, these guys just get it, and they do everything the right way. Yeah. The big campuses are the way to go, in my opinion, if, you, if, if you're willing to spend the money. Yeah. It's a completely different experience. And you've got sure. the old uh, Ch- you got Chattanooga in town on Thursday night for a night game. I get free tickets, I think. Well, I would probably hop on that. I tried Absolutely. something; it got messed up somehow. But I'm gonna try to do it again today. All right, good. And and Mike Syracuse three and zero in football. Is Donovan McNabb back? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, I you have to give a little bit of a shout out to the Purdue coach for for being so bad uh, to get him that third win. He's he's botched two of their three games already this year. So, shout out! He to botched Jeff one of them with Drew Brees in the building. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. That was that was some of the. I I'll tell you, just in general, watching football these first three four weeks now, the the clock management across the board, college NFL, it is so bad. I just don't understand how you can get to that level and be that bad. It, I was at and here's the thing, I'm going to be honest. Like we were gone all day Saturday. So when I got home, we got home late. I watched the, kind of the highlights. I flipped it on, and it uh, USC happened to be at the end of that game. So I just kind of watched some of the highlights there. And then Sunday, we went to a, a, to get restaurant to or a restaurant to get lunch, and they they were watching the game. Not only is the time management bad, but you know I always we Caleb and I have a 
you know, people kind of make fun of us, I think, for, for calling out MLB ops all the time. NFL refs said, hold my beer because, wow. They were so bad yesterday in that Saints game. It was like <laughs> so bad that even Greg Olson was calling them out on there. Yeah, that's I thought what it I heard. was just me, and then he started saying, and I was like, okay, it's not just me. Like, that was horrible. That's a guy that doesn't have any link to the Saints or the Buccaneers, so he's not biased at all. It, they were horrible. Now, for right. one side the whole time, too. I didn't see one call against the <laughs> Tampa Bay where anyone questioned it. And well, also, to be fair, Olsen, Carolina guy, like, he ate them both. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady, dude. How does yep. he, he gets get calls. away with everything? He does then, get the why did Marshawn Lattimore get kicked out of the game? I'm sure it's because of the head first thing, I assume, but still. All Marshawn Lattimore did was get pushed by Leonard Fournette, push him back, and then get tackled <laughs> by Mike Evans and then get up and not just take it. That's all he did. But Tom yeah, Brady was involved, was, so the other guy had to be, be fucking ejected. It was bad, and trust me, as somebody that had, had some cash on the Saints, I was equally as disappointed as you, but probably, probably more disappointed in Jameis Winston's performance than the refs myself, but that's – you know, so he's playing with day. he's playing with multiple broken like fractures in his back. Like yeah. I respect it, but if you're gonna suck, don't play, please. <laughs> right? Yeah. At some point, you're not doing the team any good. And you if got he made Andy some Dalton throws on the sideline. Let's go ahead and put Andy. How Dalton. many throw? How many times was Olave wide open deep? I know he fumbled that last one, which he didn't fumble, by the way. But I know other than that, like he was open five times. He beat the cornerback up top. And Winston missed him by 15 yards deep each time. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Whatever. It was bad. I mean, no, <laughs> well, I feel, neither team so deserved to win that game. Well, neither team deserved to win that game. So, whatever they lost, they deserved it. Yeah. Um, tonight, well, just last NFL thing, your Titans go tonight against the, the old uh, circle the wagon Buffalo Bills. Going to be a tough one. Um I don't really see a path for the Titans to win the game, but this has been the Titans' MO since I've probably since they've been the Titans. They <laughs> seem to win a lot of games that they have no business winning, and they lose a lot of games they have no business losing. So I guess it's, they, that, that's about all I have to hope for is to say that it's some fluke of nature is going to happen. Are they in Buffalo? Is it in Buffalo? Yeah. That's what I thought. Otherwise, you'd be there, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Okay. And then the Vikings Eagles late the other game. Weird to have two games on week two. Yeah, they've usually done it on opening weekend every right. year, and they usually do them uh, six o'clock, nine o'clock. Tonight, random week two, six fifteen and seven thirty starts. Not sure what the uh, reasoning is for that. Any idea what the Manning cast, which game the Manning cast is doing? That's my favorite. I'm not sure. I do enjoy watching them though. I hope they do both. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That that would be great. Yeah, could you imagine Peyton's ADD trying to do both of them? <laughs> you see him call like eighty-seven timeouts yeah. in like ten oh. seconds on the. Oh. On Speaking the of clock game. management, my goodness! Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He managed the clock how he wanted. He was just too stupid to know how to do it the right way. Like, what also, was that? Uh, I, don't I, I, I know. It's, I, hey, I know we're wanting to get to September baseball, but is Russell Wilson done? No, no he's, he's not MVP done. They moved the ball. They they move the ball. Uh, they just again, it's you know, uh, someone smarter than me needs to explain going shotgun from the one yard line because I I know there's got to be some good reason for it because teams do it all the time now. But for the life of me, I don't understand what that reason would be. It's, they I think, ran. I think last part of week it, they ran shotgun. They ran a ball up the middle uh, in the shotgun 
on the one yard line and then threw it twice and then it scored a touchdown. <laughs> well, I think also part of it is there's no there outside of use check, there are no fullbacks anymore, it seems like. Right. You know, back in the day it was line up in two tight, fullback or three tight, fullback, then you're giving the ball. We know the tailback's getting it, but you get you get ten blockers, nine blockers in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I just think it's a lot easier, even if you don't have a fullback. I'm sure surely you can throw a third string tight end in there at fullback or you know, a defensive lineman, somebody, but it makes it makes it so much easier to run play action when you're lined up tight like that. You can sneak people out in the you know into the flat where you get the wide open touchdown when everybody bites on the run. You just don't get that with the shotgun. Yeah, also, you, know, you fake. Agreed. I agree one hundred percent. I feel. Yeah. I also feel like when you're with Russell Wilson, give him a few weeks. He's in a new system. Like okay. he has, he has to have a grace period, and that, they won. That, so he's one and one. To camp in his own jersey. I have never seen anything like it in my life. Well, he's a weird person. We know that. That's already been that established. Is, I mean, that is confidence, but all right. Okay. He's earned it. He's no. a Hall of Famer. We're gonna get to sure. the Cardinals. All right. All right. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of chime in here since I was gone for like four of the five, four of the seven days. I mean, four or three. Caleb and I said last week, you know, you you said five and two K. I said I'd be happy with four and three. And I you know, people didn't love that I said four and three. But at this point in time, again, it's winning series. You go one and one versus Milwaukee, and you beat Corbin Burns for the first time in what feels like maybe for I don't do have we ever beaten Corbin Burns before? Doesn't feel like last it. year. Last year okay. we beat him. That's because Jack Burrow um, shut out. And then you then you take. I mean, you got the weird five game set with Cincinnati, and I know you don't score a lot of runs here. And I know. I mean, we're gonna talk about the offense in a little bit. But you take three of five. I mean, you went four and three. You could say, well, the Reds suck, and I understand that, but you're still winning series. You won a game. You won the series against Cincinnati because they hit Andrew Kisner in the elbow with the ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. I couldn't care less about wins and losses. The division's over. I care about how the team looks because if the team looks like this going into the playoffs, they're not winning anything. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to. I don't believe they will. But that's what I care more about is how the team's looking and how people are hitting. But if Goldie is just going to go over four every game, like he needs to pick it up. I know he's going to be the MVP of the league. But right now it's crunch time. I'd rather him struggle than August. Like this is he's he looks really bad. Um, Lars Newpar, Corey Dickerson have cooled off tremendously. Uh, Tommy Edmonds has been like the offense lately. That like, can't happen. And Tyler's hurt. I'm gonna look at the bright side here. So I, I'm gonna say that this is a well-timed cooling off period. Obviously, what they did for most of August and early September isn't sustainable. Right. So uh, you, you probably can't do that for two and a half straight months right into the playoffs. So it's nice to get that out of the way now. Hopefully they can pick it back up here in the last couple of weeks, get hot going into the playoffs. And two, we don't want to catch the Mets. So that the, 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 the occasional losses here and there are not hurting the overall cause, in my opinion. Yeah, Why you don't know, we want to catch the Mets? Hold on. Why don't oh, we want to catch the Mets? Uh, well, I don't want to. I don't want to be facing the Dodgers early on. Do you? Well, if you catch the Mets, you get a buy and then face whoever wins the the series we're going to be playing. If we don't catch them, okay, okay. So you want to face the Dodgers the... until the second round, no matter what, really for the Cardinals. Oh, okay, okay. So I, for some reason, I was thinking the Mets had to play the Dodgers. No, if the sooner, Mets win a division then... and get the two seed, they'll play the winner of the Cardinals and the Phillies as it stands right now. Okay. Okay. What's, and then the, I, and then the Dodgers would somehow would get the Braves. I don't know how that would work out. But. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah, I'm on I'm on board with not having to face the Dodgers or the Braves until the end. I think the Agreed. way the NL sets up right now, you can't fake your way through it. You just you're you're gonna you either you have to go through a gauntlet or you're gonna lose. Like that's just the way it is. There's three, there's four teams. I'm including the Cardinals in this because I think they're really good. There's four really good, like juggernaut type teams in the National League. And if you're gonna come out of that thing, you're gonna be battle tested for the World Series. I can tell you that much. No well, question. As someone again who didn't get to see really in actually none of the Cincinnati series, where do we stand on Tyler? DC and Gorman. What is happening? Tyler, Tyler's hurt. So what what is the you texted me? I was in the middle of fifty thousand people. I couldn't I couldn't respond and then I forgot to look it up. Do we know like what is the severity? Do we know any timeline there? It's a grade one hamstring strain. Oh jeez. I'm gonna Mm. assume it's very similar to I think he'll be back. Now will he be back and get his timing back and be Tyler O'Neill? Probably not. So I don't I don't know where you stand with him. Um, DC needs to be playing every day if Tyler's going to be hurt because you need a center fielder that can play center field. If he bats 230 versus right, he's okay. He's going to save you runs, in my opinion. And who was the other person? Gorman? He just can't hit yeah. right now. Like, he's really bad right now. I'm a big okay. Gorman fan, but I don't even know if you can play him anymore. He's struggling. Struggling bad. He doesn't even yeah. hit the ball. Let me ask you yeah. this. I, I have been in many – Twitter discussions, probably maybe you say arguments, but they're not. They're just discussions. But uh, with people who had said a month ago, send Gorman down. I was not in that camp, right? Um, I was in that at, at the time he was fourth on the team in OPS. It was he needs to play. But then the Albert run started. And I'm not saying you sit Albert. So this isn't an Albert versus Gorman thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to argue that. But Gorman did sit five out of six games, essentially five out of seven games. So at that point in time, is it sort of, like, is the question fair to be asked? Maybe we he should have been sent down to Memphis to play every day as a 22-year-old rather than watch his confidence. I'm, I understand. We all know. All three of us play baseball. We know that, you know, it's a hard freaking game. Like, we know that. But the, is, at a 22-year-old, would he have been better suited instead of just watching from the dugout to be in Memphis playing? I'm just asking. I, I'm, I honestly, I've been the one who said no early on. But now hindsight, which again is always undefeated, I, I don't know what's the answer, sir. I don't think he learns anything he hasn't already learned from AAA. He needs to get ready for being an everyday second baseman or DH next year. So no, okay. that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he doesn't have anything left to prove in AAA. So I he had pretty well conquered the minor league system. So I think his best experience is going to be. And honestly, all young players need to experience the failure and the struggles in, in order to get better for the long term. So he, he, as bad as it is, he, he needs this. It's just, it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, right? I'm not out on Gorman at all. I just don't see a no. way to put him in a postseason lineup. Yeah. He's not, if DeGrom, if you're facing DeGrom or Scherzer, he's not going to get a hit. He's not going to touch the ball the way he's hitting right now. Like that's just, a, that's just the way it is. And I don't, I don't know what happened, but yesterday uh, he could have tied the game with what everyone's probably thinking. You know, he's got massive power. He's not hitting home runs. He got three fastballs, not hitting directly in the same spot, and just didn't come close to any of them. Like 95 yeah. up in the zone, and he just whiffed. He's got he, – I think he may be the easiest pit hitter in baseball to pitch to if you have control. Because there's like five spots in the zone that if you hit your spot, he's not touching the ball. You think – Two two questions, two parts, and I'll let Caleb you answer the first one, and Mike, I'd like you to answer the second one. Um, one, do you think Caleb that they sent him to Arizona Fall League this fall to get as many reps as you can? And then Mike, two, uh, would he be on your postseason roster? 
So, Caleb, I'll get to you first. Can I answer both of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we can have different opinions. One, no, he they already sent their Arizona Fall League um roster. He's not on it, so that's not even. Oh, okay. Option. Well, that's and um, that. so I don't want to answer that question because it was stupid. Sorry. Um, but two, <laughs> yes, he's on my postseason roster because he can provide something no one else on the team can off the bench. Okay. Yeah, I think you have to have him on the postseason roster, and you just and Ollie's been great all year with playing matchups, putting people in the best position to succeed the majority of the time. And I have faith that he'll pick the right spots to have Gorman in there. I think so too. Uh, second question, follow-up. Uh, is Paul DeYoung on the postseason roster? No. Next question. Okay. <laughs> I said that last time. On the last pod, I said he's not on He's not on mine. I, yeah, I don't think, unless you have a spot just for uh, defensive replacement. but Then Bob Ben Deluzio out there. I'd rather have him in. My well, the young play short, right? Yeah, yeah, but younger. yeah, but here's my thing: if you're in a close game and you want a defensive replacement, and say you're in the Braves series and you're up one, and then they score a run, do you want the young hitting instead of Tommy or Donovan because you took one of those guys out? Right. Yeah, I understand that. Obviously, the defensive replacement comes with that risk, but I'm just saying that for the infield defense, your best infield defense is the young at short and Edmund at second, right? Yeah, so I agree with you, if but you have, I don't think if, it's if substantial. You have a, if you have a spot, then I can see that. But that would be the only reason I would use them in the playoffs would or World Series would be just it, as a defensive my guy. Con- my concern, and I agree with, with that, I completely agree with that that rationale, is, and we've seen the Cardinals in years past, 2013 comes to mind greatly, where you have 26 guys, back then it was 25 for a roster, but they're really playing like four short, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got a long reliever, probably not, hopefully never going to use. Kisner's never going to play, right? And now if you have the young in there, like now all of a sudden you're playing with a 23-man roster instead of a 26. I want, I guess what I'm trying to say is if we're going to go with a 26-man roster, which they are, 13 is your max pitcher, so that gives you 13 offensive guys. I want 13 guys I, I feel comfortable putting in there at any point in time. Uh, that can contribute, if that makes sense. Outside of Kisner, 12. And I, think I my can big... see that. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, I can see that rationale for sure, but uh, obviously the difference between now and back then is we aren't playing NL ball anymore, and you probably don't necessarily need all right. the bench spots uh, to be utilized, so you probably can carry somebody that just comes in, and maybe that maybe that you know emergency guy is a pinch runner and not a defensive replacement. You know, Maybe well, I... it is – Somebody to run I, for Yachty in the ninth inning. I think Deluzio is both of those things. He's a and if you're going to put Corey Diggerson in the outfield, um, I would much rather have a defensive replacement in the outfield than at shortstop because oh, Tommy Edmonds almost as good, if not as good as Paul. I better sorry, better than Paul DeYoung at shortstop in my opinion. And Ben Donovan, while not Tommy Edmond at second base, pretty close. Let's, hold on, and Ben, Let's, hold on, I'm talking. Oh. And Ben Deluzio can not only come off the bench and run. But he could also come off the bench and play center field, which gets Corey Dickerson out of left field. And whenever that happens, I'm happy because that guy cannot play left field. I agree. So if, if we were to build, like if we're kind of looking at just building the offense, right? We can talk about the rotation later and the and the pitchers. But if you got 13 spots, which I assume they're going to use, um, 13 are not going to go 14 hitters and 12 pitchers. I don't see there any reason that they would do that. They're going to take full advantage of those 13 pitchers, I would guess, right? So you got the two catchers. Uh, you've got Goldie. Pujols, 
right? Uh, Donovan, Tommy, Nolan. Uh, so that's that's seven. Um, DC is eight. Dickerson nine. Lars ten. That leaves you three spots. Uh, we're all in agreement that Nolan Gorman's one of those, correct? Yeah, I am. So, so that gives you two spots. So you're looking at Deluzio, Burleson. Uh, is Yepes even an option at this point? No, no he can be, but he, he, he can he's be, but not if he's not going to consider him. If he's right. not going to be and up here, Young, then I don't know why you do two that. Of those three. Well, you're missing Tyler. I think he'll be back and on the roster. Okay, that's fair. That is fair. If Tyler's back to that 12, that leaves you one spot. Is it Del- is Deluzio, both of you guys, is that the guy you would go with? I don't really see why. So if you have Tyler O'Neill back and you have Carlson and Newt Barr, I mean, can't can't we have those three in the outfield at, in late in the game and still not have to deal with Dickerson out there? Do we really need an outfield defensive replacement? Is what I'm saying. Do you think Do you think Paul DeYoung being a defensive replacement brings more value than a pinch runner late in the game? That's, that's not that's what the question saying. you have to ask yourself. That, no, I'm what, saying when you're making right. that decision between Deleuze and DeYoung, you just got to ask what one's more valuable to you. Well, I think honestly, the the real question is most of those guys that we have that will be on the bench minus pool holes can run. So you, I mean, you, unless you plan on using all of your bench players, most of the time, which they probably won't, you probably won't need to pick between a runner and a defensive replacement. You probably would have room to either, either, or, and you know, honestly, you know, Paul DeYoung can be that guy that he can run. You know, if we're talking about running for Yachty or running for, Dickerson or whoever who holds in the late innings. I I could make a case that at the end of the game, if you have Newt Barr, O'Neill Carlson in the outfield and Nolan, DeYoung, Tommy, Goldie at, across the infield and Yachty behind the plate, you've got your best possible defensive lineup out there at the end of the game. Yeah, that's true. And then if you have Gorman on that and DeYoung comes back up, you always have that option to pinch hit Gorman and then move Tommy back to short um, right. later in the game. I think I think what they're doing right now is they want to see if Alex Burleson can be that guy, that extra guy. And they want to so see if also, he can be that guy, I think. Uh, also, what, the rule is, if, if I'm not mistaken, so correct me on this, I'm not hip to all the rules all the time. If somebody gets hurt, during the during the series he cannot be replaced until after the series is over correct correct? so so to me i i think i think you have to have DeYoung on the roster now that i'm now that we're just talking this out because if we did have an injury if tommy got hurt what would we do at shortstop i mean you put i mean i think you have that'd be the answer but okay let me let me let me just ask because i'm clarifying because maybe i understand the rule wrong i thought if if a player got hurt during the series you could replace them during the series, but then said player who got hurt has to miss the next series. Is that the rule? Is that wrong? I don't know. That's why I, I asked you. But I, I thought the rule was you did couldn't make changes in the middle of the series. I that's what it used to be. They may have changed it at some point. But okay. But if you, if that is the case, to me, if that is the case, then I I would say DeYoung's a lock to be on the roster. Yeah. I'm not saying I like it. Then you but. get into a really slippery situation of having to put Paul DeYoung on a, in a lineup. I don't even want to think about that. Tommy, please stay healthy. No, exactly. Right. We don't want that. That's worst case scenario. But I think at the end of the day, you have to at least plan for that going into a series where you. I just think gonna... DeYoung's value is almost zero to any team. Like his defense is, it's honestly, since he's been back, been shaky. 
if anything. It has. It hasn't been very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, like thank you to the old mad. Google. Uh, I was correct. Okay. All right. But then you get a situation where if Tommy's out for a game and you think it might be more than that, then he can miss right. the next series, and then they're not yeah. making that choice no, anyway. You, it's definitely it's. They said you can get a commissioner's exemption or whatever. Right. Rob Manfred likes to make himself sound so fucking important all the time. But <laughs> I don't think he is, wrote that right? rule. Whatever I mean, it is. Um, uh, anyway, you can get that, and then yes, the player has to miss the rest of that series and the next series. What a dumb rule! Why? 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 Well, I'm sure it's just so you don't. It's it's for roster manipulation, so guys aren't like, oh, he, uh, shoulder impingement. Yeah, you could totally see Tony Larusa doing something like that. So that's I know, but just exactly like Tommy the Edmund, like they're not kicking Tommy off the team for roster manipulation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's impinged again. Right, one guy goes over four, he's got a hip impingement. Another guy boots the ball, shoulder impingement. That guy, he's on paternity leave. Uh, um, he's not even married. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I have that, a question. I guarantee guys. that's why. Yeah. Are you the thing that I think Ollie needs to find his lineup and stick to it for the next two weeks? I think. I think it the offense feels not like very the opposite of cohesive. I don't know if it's non cohesive, uncohesive. I don't know the word, but it feels it just feels like it's all over the place. I think not. I feel like when when you show up to the stadium and you know where you're hitting, who's in front of you, who's behind you. It just builds like a cohesiveness to the offense that allows you to know what you're doing, know who's behind you, know how to approach it. Every day it's a new lineup. And I get it. You want to rest guys. And I understand that. But I think now is the time to kind of go. Say, this is our, these are our guys. These are our nine. Um, we need to go and get ready to, for the postseason, I think. The flip side to that is he's pretty much shuffled lineups all year, right? I mean, yeah. You, the, for the most part, we've had. Arenado Goldie in the same spots and then yep. everywhere everywhere else has been a shuffle and that's really worked for him all year so I like you like the stability of a lineup where you come to the park and know where you're going to be and who's hitting in front of you and behind you but they just haven't done that at all this year so I don't know if it's necessarily uh, worth tinkering with now if you do set your lineup then you know what do you do when we have guys struggling obviously there's several right now that are struggling we're if anybody would step up and get hot, I'm sure they would find themselves in there every day. I think when they were going the best that they've gone all year was in that stretch of baseball where they beat the Braves and were just winning game. It seemed like winning every night. Um, that's when it was Newpar, Donovan, Goldie, Nolan, Dickerson, Tyler, um, whomever, Yachty, and then um, Tommy Nine every night. Every night. You left Albert night. out. Albert wasn't playing at the time. I know, but he will be. Yeah. Ugh, okay. Yeah, um, I'm just. I don't think I'm he just telling be. you. First of all, he's going to be in the lineup. Yeah, for now, until he gets to 700, I'm ready for that man to hit 700, so we don't have to force him in every night. Though I'll tell you that much. Okay, now let me, that's a great that that's a great segue. There. That's again good journalism. Shout out to you of I. Um, okay. For Mike said it, and I I couldn't agree more. I think Ollie's been incredible. Like I am highly impressed with what I've seen so far in one season from Ollie Marmol. And, and I love, like, I do love almost the right-handed lineup, the left-handed lineup, the willingness to put somebody's butt on the bench when in, in years past, that was never, especially the last 10 years, that's never been a thing. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, we did see the young play the first 50 games or whatever. And that, but I guarantee that wasn't an Ali Marmol. So that <laughs> there was nothing he could do about that. I don't think um, until he said enough's enough. Right. Um, so I do question 
when we get to, let's just say we play the Phillies, which as of right now, things could change, but that's what it does look like. You're looking at Wheeler and Nola games one and two, right? Yeah. And I know Wheeler's been banged up. I think, is he back this week, I think? Or was he back? He's coming last? back. He's coming okay. back. I don't um, know if he's back yet or not. So, you, you know, you're not going to – I don't even think Philly has a lefty in their rotation uh, trying to go through it in my Ranger head. Suarez. Okay, Suarez. So that might be your game three pitcher, right? He might be. But It depends on if they want to go Noah Syndergaard. Are you going to sit – are you going to sit Albert games – that I guess – Yes. Okay, if, if Tyler's hurt, right, that changes everything because then Dickerson's in left field. That, that's just the way it's going to be. It can be Dickerson, Carlson, Newbar in the outfield. Um, and Albert's your DH, right? I mean, can we it agree depends. on that? I think they're going to give Burleson some run and see if he can be that guy. You, I just, just – I'm playing common sense. Look at this. You, I can't see them start Alec Burleson in a postseason game at DH over Albert Pools. Then why I, is he I can't, up? There's not, like, one thing I can see where that happens. Then why is he up? I think outfield protection, maybe. Okay, again, now we're taking the question. Let me go back to question one. Okay. Is there a chance I, – I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't see a scenario where game one playoffs, Bush Stadium, Albert's not in the lineup. That, no, lefty or righty. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if he – I don't know, man. I mean, uh, you want him hitting a Zach Wheeler? What's that going to do for you? I, Mike, what – I mean, do you understand what I'm trying like, – I'm with you. I understand. And I also understand where Caleb's coming from, and I, I and I don't know the answer. I I think I think that will be a test for Ollie. Is he willing to say, you know, the analytics are telling me right here that Burleson would be the better play in this lineup, and I'm going to put Albert on the bench and pinch hit him if they have a lefty late in the game. I don't know. If, Which, I don't know if he has the stones to do that. that I think he. Brad I mean, he did it. Right? Brad huh? Hand late in the game. For the yeah. Phillies. He also yeah. here's the thing. He's done it. He did it in the that Atlanta Braves series. Albert didn't play one game. We went through three. That was a how long ago has that been? Okay. I mean, he was the hottest hitter in baseball when that happened. Yeah. Okay. But also, what I'm trying, what I think, Albert is such a weapon against left-handed hitters. Like you're talking about when there's a le- I mean, left-handed pitchers. When there's a lefty on the mound, you've got three MVP candidates in your lineup. That's how good he is against lefties. Yeah. So, wouldn't you much rather have the flexibility? To say, okay, either you pitch to Dickerson or you pitch to Donnie here with a righty, or you get Albert, so you have to make that choice. Or would you rather have Albert in so they just pitch around him and make sure he doesn't face a lefty? Because that's way okay. easier to, man- to manage than having a ri- having a lefty and then having Albert waiting if you want to play that matchup. I'd rather do I, that. I, I agree, and I, I'm not arguing again. I'm not arguing the other side. What I'm saying is, as someone who has watched the entire season unfold, and watch this unfold and watch Albert Mania back in town. And they're going to have 48,000 folks in Bush Stadium for game one. It's going to be hard for me to envision a lineup that any manager, I mean, like I think Mike said it, that, those are some massive stones. If he does not have Albert Pools in the lineup, game one, NL wild card in Bush, that, that's all I'm saying. Okay, but then I'll, I guess I'll ask you this question. Did it take massive stones to not play Albert against a righty and what would have been his last ever game in Wrigley Field? Because he didn't play him. Different. It's still it's still a different playoff. Yeah, I think, like, I think it's, the postseason is a lot different. It's different. So but my thing is, if anything, he's proven to you that he's willing to do it because he's done it the whole year. I guess, on, and honestly, this could be a moot argument. If Tyler's not healthy, it's going to be Corey Dickerson in left field and Albert Pujols DH. I mean, yeah, and I don't right see now, a scenario. I mean, he's deserved it. Like right now, what? where we stand without Tyler O'Neill, he's the best option there. Who? Even against righties. 
Tyler. I mean, Albert. Yeah, yeah. That's but um, as far I mean, also I think we're getting a little bit convoluted because he's been playing every game. All he's chasing seven hundred with him. That's what he's doing. He's not putting him out there because he thinks he's the best matchup. He's putting him out there because he's trying to get seven hundred home runs, which I think may never be done again in the history of baseball. He may be the last person to ever do it. So that that's really why he's playing every day. But he is performing to a level to where you can make the argument that he should just be out there because he's the best option. But if Tyler and Dickerson and Carlson, I'd rather have those three in than Albert personally and against a Zach Wheeler. And then I want the option to say we'll use Albert as our secret weapon whenever if they want to, uh, you know, stack two lefties at the top of the lineup like Dickerson and Donovan and say, okay, pitch a lefty, you're going to get Albert. Like I'd much rather do that. I agree with that. Okay, good, good. Hey, I hope Ollie's watching. Ollie's so much smarter than me. I hope he's not. But the question, the question is, is not what's right and what's wrong. It's will Ollie be able to pull the trigger? And I, I think Mike's onto something there because postseason in St. Louis is a big deal, and Albert's last postseason at Bush Stadium is going to be a big deal, whether we care for it to be or not. And it's going to – the fans are going to want to see Albert in the lineup. The only thing that I would worry about if you don't want Albert in the lineup is there is something to be said that Albert steps up when the big moment's there. He's done it his whole career. I mean, the dude was out of the 700 chase, and now he's two away. No one knows how it happened, but he's there. Because when it's a big <laughs> moment, he steps up. So um, would you rather have Albert or Corey Diggerson up in a big at-bat like that? I mean, I don't know. Corey Dickerson might be better because he's left-handed, but it's Albert fucking Pujols, so maybe you don't right. have him up because he's just going to do it. You no know one's going to know how. So I right. don't know. I mean, even if he did it, I think it, I would understand the decision. I don't yeah. know if it's the best decision because I think you can use Albert as a secret weapon to where Brad Hands won the best Phillies' best relievers. Do you want to put him in? Go ahead. Do it. I dare you because he's going to hit a home run, and the place is going to go crazy. Like, that's what I'd rather right. have. But worst worst case scenario and scariest scenario is you put Albert in game one against it'll probably be no well, no Laura Wheeler, which you know, we don't know if Phillies have to go up to the last day. We don't know what's gonna happen there. But and Albert has a terrible day and you lose. Do you see like how all right, which means game two could potentially be Albert's last game ever. I mean, yep. Again, this is worst case scenario, right? I went yeah. to the the darkest, but then I mean, you almost have to start him, even if he looks terrible. Yep. Yeah, he earned it. And that's all you can do is say, you know, hope hope he catches some magic in game two because, like you said, this this could be his last game and we're not going to bury him on the bench. I do think both Ollie – Right, like that's the worst-case scenario. I do think both Ollie and Albert want the best position for the team to be in to win the game. Now, if they believe, I I do think if if Albert is in there, then that's them believing he's the best option, not that he's Albert yeah. Pujols. So that's again, my well, you Go don't ahead, think Mike. for a second though that Albert Pujols doesn't think that Albert Pujols is the best option to be. Oh, in he there does right now. I mean, so it's it's Ollie saying who is the best option. It's not a corroboration because one hundred percent Pujols thinks he's the best option. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he got the six ninety eight. Yeah. The other side of this coin is we're all also like uh, one Tyler's health means a, means a lot, but we're also uh, assuming that Dylan Carlson's going to be in there every day. We don't know that. Like we just don't. What I mean, we have no idea what they're going to do with Dylan. I I just don't know. I want to get to that. They should give him every opportunity possible this week to earn that spot back because he's your best defensive center fielder. 
other than to lose Joe and he's not starting. And also when he was hitting last year down the stretch, he was so valuable. That guy can do everything. He works counts better than almost anyone on our team. I mean, he can hit homers. He can hit doubles. I think you need to give that guy a chance to earn his job back because if Tyler's not healthy, who are you going to put? I don't want Lars Newpar playing center field every game. And that's no offense to him, but it just may, it just that's another weakness in your team is your outfield defense, and you really can't afford that, I don't think. That's a good point. I think the last I think the last two weeks of the season needs to be just that. I think you gotta find out what you have and give some of the guys that are struggling a chance to get out of it and and prove that they belong because Carlson's upside is so big. I mean, his I might be getting carried away, but I see I see Lance Berkman upside when I watch Dylan Carlson play. Wow. And, big and, I do. I do. He reminds me a lot of Berkman when he was little, when he was little, when he was young. Um, and I think that potential is there. And I, obviously he's probably not going to hit that ceiling, but I, I think it's in there. And I think if you have that kind of talent and we're hitting the stretch run and we have two weeks where we can play with the lineups a little bit, because we are going to be in the postseason, I think it's the perfect chance to give him a chance to get going. And I, I think I would try to, I would try to bat him right in front of Arenado and Goldschmidt too, and give him the best possible chance to succeed. I'm a little bit. I love what Ali's done this year, and I have very few things I'll nitpick and say I don't like that he's done. Um, Dill, how he's handled Dylan Carlson is one of the things I vehemently disagree with, and I actually hate to make a young kid of a platoon player when you don't really have a better option at center field, and like. Ali was in the dugout every game last year. They, he saw what Dylan Carlson was when he was good. That was a guy that can hit both lefties and righties, that could take great at-bats, that can play great defense, that has the best arm on our team, maybe besides Lars, because that guy's throwing people out every night. But I just I, – I hate how he's how he's used Dylan Carlson. That's one of the most talented, play, complete players on our team. He should be playing, in my opinion. Bat him ninth if you have to, that he's still a great defensive center fielder. How do we give Harrison Bader the run we did when he couldn't hit ever – and we don't do the same for a guy who can hit better even when he's slumping than Harrison Mater did. I don't I don't understand that. Yep, I'm in the same boat. I, and especially when you don't have three other outfielders that are just tearing it up all the time. And there's also something to be said with putting Tyler O'Neill in center field, knowing he had leg injuries the whole year, and then him getting hurt again. Why did yeah. you do that? Why why right. why did you do that? I can't prove that's why it happened, but I know it didn't help. <laughs> um, sure. uh, just a couple things um, the man in the Syracuse if it if if he had his druthers the man in the Syracuse shirt we would have get, got to see this Albert run because we would have got to see Wayno hit and Miles hit and Dakota Hudson hit and Steven Matz hit and everybody else Jose Quintana be hitting every night Monty be up there though he's probably never hit excuse me 11 He'd be in there, and uh, and Albert would have six hundred and eighty home runs. Um, uh, I don't know. Albert would have Al, Albert would have revisited playing left field or something. But no, I, I I kid. But yeah, you're not you're not gonna get me off that bandwagon. I still love I still love the game in its purest form, and just nothing's wait, gonna just, change that. Just wait until Mike Trout's thirty nine years old, DHing for us. Okay. Then you're gonna I be mean, happy that he's out that's there. That's so it's 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 still not gonna it's still not gonna make the game more enjoyable to me. I don't think. I I'm just giving you crap, dude. I, I love. I know. You. I, I know. It. I know. I love it. it. And the fun. And to be fair, I 100. Up until maybe five or six years ago, I was the exact same way. 
like 100% vehemently, don't want the, D, the DH in the National League. And then I just started, I was like, well, now I'm kind of tired of watching everybody strike out every time. And nobody can bunt anymore. Like, if pitchers could get bunts down like they could in the 1980s and 90, or 70s, hey, way better. But they cannot. Like, And also, I feel like 30 years ago, the guys coming up, they were hitting every day in the minors. Or they were hitting in the minors. They hit in college. You know, now you have the specialization. This goes – this is a far deeper argument. But you've got 14 new teams who have POs. You know what I mean? So right. a whole other argument that we could have at a later date. But just a different world. I still yeah, love well, the – I still love the managerial aspect of the National League Baseball. I I've always – just because I like thinking along with um, the managers, except for Mike Schilt because I hated how he did it. But <laughs> um, I like thinking along with managers when they were trying to make decisions and to navigate that situation. But, man, it's nice when you have Wainwright at 92 pitches and he's throwing a gym and you don't have to worry about a spot coming up because you have a real hitter hitting there. Like, you have Tommy Edmond there instead of Adam Wainwright. So he can now go another inning and I can watch a real hitter hit a baseball. Like, I, I really have enjoyed that <laughs> a lot. I was always envious of, like, the Yankees. When CC Sabathia had 100 pitches, you could send him back out there because he wasn't batting the next inning in a close game. I've always, I was always like, man, I wish we could do that. So yeah, just, on that part, I don't miss. I know. I just hate. I just hate making it easier. I, I, that's what I love about baseball is that it, it is hard. It's a hard game. And that's why guys like the three of us aren't playing in the big leagues because it's really hard. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, the, and the managers have to make those hard decisions. They have to decide if they want to send Wayno out for the seventh because he's got a bat with two guys on base in the bottom of the sixth and we're down a run. Those, that's what makes the game fun. I mean, I just think if you do all this and the, you know, under the guise of saying we're trying to get younger fans and I just, I, I just don't see it. I think, I think young kids love the game just because they love the game. I mean, if, if you want to just do entertainment value, then take them to a Savannah Bananas game. And uh, honestly, I, I agree 100% that um, if that is your argument, because let's be honest, the argument is that all this all came from the MLBPA to protect 14 other jobs or 16 other jobs. That's what 15 other Which jobs. Which I'm all for, by the way. 15 more jobs. You know what I mean? That's what I'm it was. Sure. I, I'm a sure. big fan of letting older players, like say – for example, Justin Turner right now is absolutely raking. If in two years they have a young stud in third baseman that can play better defense than him, and that means Justin Turner gets to continue hitting in the big leagues for the Dodgers, that's what I'm a fan of because you don't – I like Albert Pujols, a great example. He's now DHing for us. Like, he might not have had a job if there wasn't a DH. And, I mean, he probably he wouldn't would have be for here. a bad team. He right. wouldn't be here, that's for sure. No, he would not and be then there's, I mean, I'm a fan of that because I like having more jobs for older players. I'm a, I like that. I like longevity. I like seeing guys that are able to go out on their own terms and stuff of that nature. So that's the biggest thing. I, I like having 15 more jobs for good hitters than my Nelson Cruz is a good example with the Nationals. Um, that was the biggest thing for me that really sold me, that and Adam Wainwright hurting his Achilles when he was hitting. Those two things completely yeah. switched me to the dark side. And I get you could <laughs> said he could have done it when he was pitching, and I get that. But the fact is he did it when he was hitting, and he shouldn't have been hitting, in my opinion. So that's right. where but, I'm at with it. Yeah. Well, I just argue with he did it playing baseball, which that's just it's part, valid. part of the game and of baseball. Again. But but for me, and I and I agree. I of course you like the job security for older guys and get them to watch play. But that's why it was great that you had the AL and NL with two different rules, so the the old guys that couldn't play the field anymore had a place to go in the AL and they could DH, and the the NL would use uh, a guy like Jose Okendo on their bench to plays nine different positions and 
you know, puts the ball in play. It's a different game, but I enjoyed the having the, the different game. I'm also glad and, I don't have to watch Jordan Alvarez play left field in the World Series ever again. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the I, – I mean, Mike's argument with the you – know, it was definitely checkers versus chess. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I do think eliminating it – and that was always my argument – against it and now like obviously like like Caleb said switch to the dark side but it definitely makes it's checkers now it's not chess you know I like checkers um, more and, I don't understand chess <laughs> I'm really good at checkers so I'm not fine with me yeah. but you understood the baseball version of chess you did I well yeah I guess uh, I, I are, liked it a couple things we are about 35 minutes in we've talked NFL football postseason rosters look college football um, checkers versus chess. We have yet to mention that this week two massive things happened. Uh, Albert hit number 698, one. Uh, but bigger than that, Wayno and Yachty, uh, 325. And uh, I was at the game on Thursday, the week before, where they tied 324. Wayno wasn't super sharp, but that's irrelevant. Super cool. Like, super, super cool. But 325, and honestly, this is bad journalism. I should have looked up who it was that they broke. I don't even know whose record they broke. Mickey Lolich and Tim Freehand? Hold on. That's good. <laughs> U, of I, that U of I education right there. It's not but worth the money, I can tw- tell you that much. 325. That's un- I mean, that, that's unbelievable. Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehand. I was very close. All right. Uh, and those that was back, what, with the three or well, four-man rotation, I guess, mainly in the 60s. With it Lolich. was 60s to 70s. Yeah. Um, with the Tigers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you got the five man. We're never going to, one, you're never going to see that again. I don't think we'll ever see 300 wins again. I don't know that we'll ever get to 3,000 strikeouts again. Caleb hit it on the head. We're never going to see 700 home runs. I mean, I, I should never say never, but that, I mean, those it's, were two it's massive. It's going to be hard. I mean, you got Albert rolling in on 700, and then Yachty and Bueno breaking a record that, again, is never, ever going to be broken at 325. I mean, that, Put a statue of all three of them together if you have to. Or, you know, if you want to put Yachty and Wayno walking out of the – like that should be the statue. And then Albert Wright – I don't know, but this is unbelievable that we're watching this in 2022, 11 years after Albert left. <laughs> left I, I, I don't even know. Again, I've said it 180 times. It gets old. I'm sorry. It's a Disney movie, and we're watching it play out right in front of us. The weirdest thought that I had the other day was that if COVID never happened, Albert might already be at 700 and retired. Because they might have played 100 more games and he might have gotten there and he might have never come back. So maybe that was one positive that came out of the worst thing that maybe has ever happened to our country. But, or he might be going for a – or he might be going for a bigger record. He might be going right. for a babe. Yeah, right. Um, or higher. Yeah, it's crazy to me that um, – Wayno's, by the way, good news is he thinks he's out of the little funk he was in. He had a little I bit of dead that. arm and he's coming out of it, which is great because we're going to need him, obviously. Um that record, their record, I'm not going to say it's more impressive than Albert's because Albert's done it, four other people have done it. But to have a record that I don't think will ever be broken at three, was it 325? And it might yeah. get to 328 before they're done-ish, 327, 328. Um, that will never be broken. Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks are the closest to them currently. They're like, 200, like 150 away, and Kyle Hendricks is going to retire in a year probably. So I don't, I don't know if that record will ever be broken. Um it's it's crazy. I don't even I know if I can say anything. I don't know oh, how you can even so do cool. what they do. It's yeah. incredible. And to have the injuries, I mean, imagine what they'd be at if Wayno didn't deal with the injuries early in his career. 
And I'll, I'll say it over again. And Mike, I'd love to hear from you on this because you and I kind of grew up in Cardinal baseball at the same time. I mean, 1982 is the pinnacle for me. So, you know, and then from there, it, it just went from there. Um, but this run, the last, I, in fact, we were in Louisville and I was talking to uh, some Reds fans. It was pretty funny. They're from Cincinnati. And I was just like, the, you know, people don't realize we take it, we get pissed about it. But the 25, no, nobody else has had a 25 year run like this. You know, you no. say the Yankees won more World Series, the Red Sox won more World Series, but they've also had bad, bad baseball seasons where the Cardinals really have not. Yeah, you know, we missed the playoffs three times. We missed them a couple times in the early 2000s. Uh, I guess, no, we didn't, but we didn't have the high success. The 25 years, like from 96 when, when Tony took over until now, um, just to watch all this, but but to see what Yachty and Wayno and then Albert have done, I mean, it's, like, like I said, I don't even know, I don't even know how to put it into words anymore. Yeah, it's pretty historic, and I'm going to be first in line to buy the book when they write a book about all this, uh, but maybe I'll it's write amazing. It. It, it. There you go. There you go. I co-sign that. It'll sign a copy for me, right? Please. Okay. I will. Yeah, yeah, but honestly, though, just thinking about the Wayno and Yachty record for a second. Sorry. Bless you. Unlikely to me that either side would get broken. Like just having a pitcher make 325 starts for the same team or a catcher to, you know, it's not going to happen. That A catcher to play 19 seasons with the same team, just individually it's almost impossible. And the fact that they did it together is – incredible and i'm i'm just grateful that we get to witness it all happen and and um and like you said that run that we've been on i saw the stat and i don't have it pulled up in front of me so obviously i'm not going to be able to quote this directly but i'm sure you guys saw it on twitter too i think Derek gould might have posted it about the the run that they've had how they've only been out of playoff contention for 24 days and how however many years it's been now yeah it, it's just it just goes back to how spoiled we are as as Cardinal fans, you know, we complain when they don't spend the money or we complain when they, they don't get the big ticket guy and that they're raking in the money from Ballpark Village and all, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they put a product on the field that is in contention to make the dance every year. And most of the years they're in the dance. And honestly, any any other fan base would trade places with that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we all wanted – Juan okay. Soto, but you know the Padres may be really good for two years. They may be. They may win two World Series. I don't know, or they may not. And then they don't have any of the guys that they drafted and developed. They don't have Juan Soto, and then they have Tatis and Machado standing out there, wondering what the hell happened to their team. So I, so the way the Cardinals have run their organization, it's. I don't know if they have them. They probably have more money at their disposal than they lead on to be a little bit better every year. That's probably true, but. They're good every year. Like, look, I mean, the Dodgers can afford to do what they do every year where they can go for Scherzer and Turner and still not even worry about losing Kiba Ruiz and Josiah Gray. But the way the Cardinals have run, I mean, John Mozilla, say all you want about him. The guy is extremely calculated, and it has worked what he has done. He has brought a ring here. He has done a lot of stuff. I mean, look at our team this year. I mean, we have 95 wins, and the dude pulled up two of the best trades at the trade deadline. I mean, he got Chris Strand, who has a three ERA for us, but no one talks about him because the other two have been so good. And then look at A.J. Preller, and Juan Soto's been horrible, and they haven't been great since he got there. So I think – And you didn't even mention Josh Hader. Yeah, Josh – 
I, I don't I feel like he's he's a weird situation. He's been better lately, which I like Josh Hader. I hope he does okay. But um I just feel like the way that they've run their organization over the past, so like you guys say twenty five years, but since I've been alive, so twenty years. It's every year you know that in September there's gonna be something to be excited about. Whether or not you're yep. one game out and you end up missing out for three straight years like they did in what was it, sixteen through eighteen or something. But it I don't know, it's just it's almost second to none. Like the Dodgers have done it for a long time. I know they've won nine out of ten um, divisions. I get it. But um, they the still Yankees, only have but, one World Series in the last yeah. 30 years. They have the same amount of World Series since 2010 as we do. I can tell you that much. You know, the, And the Red Sox wow. have been great, and they've won a lot of World Series. They're in fifth place right now. If the Cardinals were in fifth place, I think their stadium would burn down. So <laughs> I, I just I – don't, I don't know. I think we are spoiled, and I get it because I think they'd rather us be spoiled than be content with what they're doing. Because that's what makes Cardinal baseball great is that people come out and they care so much about it that even when we are spoiled, we want it to be better. And that's why it's been great for so long because they at least make it better every year or try sometimes. The, the last thing I'll say about the Wayno Yachty thing, because we could go on. I mean, we could do a whole segment if we wanted to on that. Um, just Wayno's post-conference, post-game conference. Press he conference. is, one, he's going to make – Tom Brady like money probably if he wants in baseball. I mean, I'm joking. Like what Brady's got like 230 million for Fox. I'm kidding. But he's he is so well spoken. He's calculated. He's intelligent. He he should, he never lets down. Lets a moment get away from him. And I think that's a, that's that's hard for a human to do when you get caught up in like in the emotion of what you just did. He doesn't forget anything. And he maybe he practices it in front of us mirror in the morning I don't know but listen to him in that conference like it was just, it was amazing and then obviously Yachty the same way but I I don't know I'm, I don't know what else to say about Adam Wainwright um, other than I kind of kind of want to get your take on this from you two I didn't think this a year ago or two years ago or maybe even six months ago but I think you have and I, I got into a little argument with somebody over this but that's all right that's kind of the fun part of social media I think Wayno's a Hall of Famer. I'm not. I'm not saying he gets in in the first ballot. All right. Even though, how cool would it be for Albert Yachty and Wayno to all go into Cooperstown the same fucking year? That would be unbelievable, right? I mean, that would be unreal. But I, I, I used to be all Hall of Very Good, and honestly, I've changed my mind on Scott Rowland. I've changed my mind on Jim Edmonds. I think they should be in. I used to say no, they're Hall of Very Good. They're not Hall of Fame like. But when you put their numbers against the greats of the era they played in. Wayno is top five in almost everything. And he's in line with guys like Kershaw, Scherzer, um, Verlander, and DeGrom. He's not in line with those guys. He's behind but, those but guys. But what I'm saying is, though, he's the next guy. And I understand. I understand that. But when you're when you're in the top five or top ten, and when in, in a few things I was looking at, he's top ten with, with guys from the last 20 years, like Pedro and Clemens and those guys. I, I don't know. I think there's a strong argument. I think there's an argument, but I think if, if Felix Hernandez doesn't get in, I don't think he will. It's going to be very tough for you to make an argument for Adam Wainwright to be in if Felix isn't in. Because they're both one of the best of their generation. But when you stack them up against some of the best of all time, maybe they don't look nearly as good. Um, Wayno, his longevity is incredible. His story, by the way, that book's going to be incredible whenever he writes one because he's going to. About how he thought he was done, played catch with Dominic Leone, um, found out he could throw the ball again without it hurting. And now he's back doing this, going to be pitching probably game one of a postseason series. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would put him in, it's, but I can't say that my opinion is not biased because it is. I've watched the guy my whole life. I mean, he's been 
Every I I can't remember a time where Adam Wainwright wasn't a Cardinal because I was like two. So I I'm biased towards him. I would put him in. I think his longevity is incredible. And I think being a top ten Cy Young candidate last year at the age of forty, after being incredible when he was younger, and then closing out a postseason and being a great reliever and doing all these things, he's accomplished everything you can accomplish, but winning a Cy Young. To be quite honest, so I think. I think there's a good argument, but I, I don't I, I find it hard to believe he gets in. Mike, before I get your take on this, just, you know, obviously he didn't win the Cy Young, but what was it like 2007 to 2012 top three in Cy Young voting all five years? Um, you're talking about a guy again. I'm just going to put look. I'm just looking at numbers. Right. And against guys in his era, top 10 in ERA among current pitchers, uh, third on that list in innings. The only two ahead of him, Scherzer and Verlander. So you've got a lot of guys who are ahead of him in ERA but have half the innings. So by the time they get to him, that ERA is probably going to be lower. Fourth among current MLB pitchers in career wins. Fifth among active starting pitchers in war, which is, no matter if you love it or not, that is a, a thing that they look at. Four top three finishes in Cy Young. And one of 36 pitchers, which this is the one that got me, one of 36 pitchers all time. Um, Sorry, my uh, thing went off of there. One of 36 pitchers all time with over 190 wins 2,000 Ks and lower than a 3.4 ERA while making over 350 starts and throwing more than 200, 2,300 innings. That's unbelievable. 29 of them are in the Hall of Fame. Scherzer, Kershaw, Verlander, him, and Clemens aren't. Now, we can talk about Clemens whenever you want, but those other three guys are in. Uh, and then just one more stat, and then, Mike, I'd love to hear what you have to say. But in the wild card era, you know, which is his era, uh, the group of 190 wins, 2,000 Ks, 2,300 innings, 350 starts and an ERA less than 3.4. The pitchers who have this Scherzer, Verlander, Clemens, Randy Johnson, Pedro, Maddox, Kershaw, Halliday, and Wayno. Pretty good company. And all those guys are undoubtedly Hall of Famers that you just named. At least Hall of Fame, except for Clemens, but that's a different reason. That's why I mean, I like if if you want to make, and I guess you could make the argument he's not going to have the, you know, he's not probably not going to get to 200 wins unless he goes back next year, which Which he he might. I wouldn't be Which surprised. Um, I think he will, honestly. I yeah, wouldn't okay. be shocked. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that. So, Mike, what do you? What are your thoughts on the Hall of Fame? Am I just misguided and caught up in three twenty five and my love for Adam Wainwright? Which is fine. Well, if I am. well, I, I mean, I think we all are to some degree because he's an icon in the Cardinal franchise, and he's active and he's still effective, and we love him. So, obviously, that all goes into play in our mind, but. Like you said, he is in some rare company with a lot of those stats. The the thing that, honestly, if he hadn't lost basically two to three seasons worth right. of injuries, I think this conversation is a slam dunk he's in. But I think he has a lot of things going for him, too, on his side, because the fact that he is so likable and so um, so good with the media, and that's going to help him. I, I think the guys that have votes – they pay attention to that stuff and whether you like it or not, the guys that are jovial and likable are, are going to get a few more votes. So he has that going for him. And he also has the longevity pitchers just don't stick around for this long anymore. And to be able to be as effective as he's been for as long as he's been, is going to be a huge mark in his favor. So I don't think he'll make it on the first ballot. It would be awesome if he did, but I do think he'll get in, down the road and it won't be veterans committee i think he'll eventually work his way in yeah I, he might uh, get larry walker 
until at right. the end they right. realize, oh, wait, this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> how Larry Walker went so long without getting in the Hall of Fame is beyond me, but I don't know what those people voting do. I, hopefully I'm a member of that someday so I can talk to them and tell them, hey, you missed on Larry Walker for 10 years. Can we please fix this and get these guys in? <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how Scott Rollins is on the Hall of Fame right now. So I don't, I yeah. don't know what they're going to do. But if Scott Rollins not in on the first five, three ballots, or however many he's been on, I have a hard time believing Adam Wainwright's in on the first one. But maybe he'll get right. in. And like I said, and I, I prefaced my argument that I don't know that I don't think it's a first ballot kind of thing, which again is idiotic. Like we can have that discussion at another time. It's too. stupid. Like either you're a Hall of yeah. Famer or you're not. You're not still playing. So we know the stats; they don't change. But nope, that's right. another argument. But just one more thing I want to throw out because. You know, it's the Sandy Koufax kind of syndrome. I don't know if that's the right word. That sounds like the negative syndrome sounds negative, I guess. But the Sandy Koufax effect, where they really do kind of look at the 10 years, your 10-year frame, right? From 2000, this is this is the one also that got me. From uh, 2006 to 2015 for Wayno. And obviously, 2006, he was a closer. So he wasn't even starting, right? He, he, they moved into the bullpen. Then to 2015, and he missed 2011, a whole year. So he missed one of these years. Um, 119 and 66 with a 2.96 ERA. Only Kershaw was better. Any pitcher who threw over a thousand innings. I mean, so in that ten, in your 10 year span, your best 10, you were the second best pitcher in all of baseball. I, and he had a, and he had several other good years to go along with those 10. And so. like I said, one of those years was a reliever role. And the other, yeah. and, and 2011, he was out with it. Was that the Achilles? Was or was that the arm? That's Tommy. 2011, John. he had Tommy John, I think. Didn't yeah. He? So that was an oh, eight-year so. stretch. Um. Yeah, and he would have won two or three Cy if Clayton Kershaw didn't have the best five-year run of maybe any pitcher to ever live. Like to be quite <laughs> honest. So, yeah, I mean, he he was he was great, and he was never appreciated really in his prime because of Kershaw, because of Scherzer when he came over here, and he was incredible. Um. Even Roy Halladay, you know, he always said he was trying to beat Roy Halladay. He'd look and see Roy Halladay through another complete game. He'd be like, damn, I have to do that again. But, um, and then Chris Carpenter, he took a lot of the shots right. from him when he was That's really what good. I was going to so, say. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. never, he's Carpenter always kind of been too. second in people's minds. But I think when you look at his stats, I mean, he deserves to be up there with some of those guys. And just one last thing that we can move on. Do you guys believe 325? I mean, that, again, that's a magical record. I, I, maybe, maybe it's just magical in St. Louis. And to the baseball nerds like us, like maybe it is, you know what I mean? Like maybe nobody else cares about 325. Um, but that and also playing 16, maybe 17 seasons, maybe 18 once all said and done. My math wasn't good with the same team. Do you believe the Hall of Fame voters look at that at all? Or is that just one of those things? And again, we love like a romanticized baseball and the Cardinals and Adam Wayne Miller. I don't know. I don't know okay. if they look at That's it. Fair. I can't even get into there. My Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame, and Barry Bonds isn't. I don't have any opinions on the Hall of Fame voters. I don't uh, know. I, I don't know this, what to look at. I, I think a lot of times with Larry Walker and you know, and I think Wayne is going to fall into this category too. I think a lot of times what happens is you get a couple guys that sneak in that don't belong, or maybe you make the argument they don't belong, and then you then you say, okay, well we let this guy in. But Larry Walker's not in. Now, let's compare these two. And then eventually they come around to seeing, okay, well, Larry Walker is the Hall of Famer. I think that's what's going to happen with Wayno. I don't know that the voters necessarily care about the records. But, I, again, it doesn't hurt. It, it can't hurt to have that, you know, on your resume. Yeah. I Like I said, I it's just one of those things. Like, 
I'll be honest, I never until maybe the last few months started even really thinking it was a sincere possibility. But what he's done at, at his age, at the age of 40, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's getting better. like, And he's going to have hiccups. You know, yeah, he is going to go five innings here and there. He's a major league pitcher. Alex Manoa had a five-game stretch where he could get out of the fifth inning. He's one of, the, one of my favorites. One of the most dominant pitchers in the American League. Like, that's going to happen. You know, I mean, this yeah. guy's 40. It's a little bit different. And he did have the down years, but I mean, Clemens had some down years, you know, I, I mean, we can to make that argument with a lot of guys. Kershaw had a couple down years lately. He's been great this year. Unbelievable. But I, I don't, I think it's one of those really interesting things. I just always wonder if sometimes my mind is clouded by just being a Cardinal fan. I, I think know. it could. I think that's always, I mean, there's always bias and everything. You got to look at the numbers, but for me, like the way we feel about Wayno is probably the way people feel about Todd Helton if you're a Rockies fan, but Should way be stronger because that guy's not even in the Hall of Fame yet, and yeah. he has a four a three hundred batting average for his career, four hundred on base and five hundred slugging, and the dude's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why. So I I don't know. I feel like he's I mean he's a, about as big of an icon for that organization as Wayno is for ours. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. He should be in eventually. If he doesn't get in originally, he'll get in by the Veterans Committee. He will be a Hall of Famer at some point in time in his life. I'm confident in that. I just hope they don't wait too long. The thing that I appreciate the most about Wainwright is just just watching him work because we're in a day and age now where everybody throws 100 miles an hour and you know throws 94-mile-an-hour sliders and 90-mile-an-hour change-ups and strike everybody out. But to, to, to watch Wainwright pitch and – work hitters and work counts and think through the game with Yachty. That's what I appreciate about him is he's, he's a competitor and he's probably the smartest pitcher that I've seen in my lifetime, the way he works and sets people up. That's what I appreciate the most about him. He's, he's, he used to have the velocity, but now he's just, he's living on changing speeds, changing eye level and, Hidden, hitting location and that's just enjoyable to watch in this day and age because it's rare mm-hmm. yeah i i agree i mean it's 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 greg maddox like i mean i'm not putting right. him in that same category because maddox's numbers are at the top sure. five maybe all time in major league baseball top one but it, it's very it's very reminiscent of that and you know we're lucky again we're lucky that we can see this like i feel like and kevin i've talked about this a lot with with players who are in their prime now that I feel like we we take for granted so many guys, and then all of a sudden they get to the end of their career, like, oh man, you know, oh man, and I, I feel like yeah. we haven't done that with Wayno, but at times right. maybe we have. Well, yeah. if Wayne White were twenty five, would he even be able to make a roster? Probably not. I, I don't know. Dakota w- Hudson's on a roster, so I would say probably. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Fair point. Um, we. We don't need to spend a lot of time on the Reds and the Brewers series, do we? I mean, it's it, more of the same to me. I do think yeah. the Corbin Burns game was really impressive. To come out, hit him the way they did. I really thought, thought that was a bright spot because we've seen, you know, you really start to worry that the Brewers might make this thing, and it, the way that we had been facing Corbin Burns, it's like, oh, so we're down one zero in the series, and you, it's a three game series. So for them to come out and be able to beat him, obviously on the three twenty five night was cool, but um, to come out and hit him. Lars had an absolute bomb off him. was great to see. Um, so that was the bright spot. Everything else, it was kind of like, you know, just meh, meh baseball. Right. And I get it. I mean, I think their dog days are coming a little late this year. It's normally August. They had their big surge in August. I think the first couple of weeks of September are their dog days, and they're kind of feeling it right now. I would just like to see in the next 
seven to ten days, them start to turn around and start to go. It's really well, all you got them right now. three coming up with San Diego. Uh, I think Clevenger, Snell, and Musgrove. I mean, it, three good again, pitchers. That's a good test. They are. They're all really good pitchers, but they're also like it, it all. We can make them look even better, <laughs> or the offense starts to click. And I, I think all three of those pitchers are gettable. I really do. They are. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, yeah definitely gettable. The, the Cardinals' offense, when it's on, is everybody's gettable. It's lethal. And, you know, they when it's on. Right. And they and they proved it with. They proved it with Corbin Burns. It's just a matter – I think you get to the stage of the year and you are, you know, playing against some of the rum-dums of the league. It's 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 hard to get up for that and when you've got the playoffs looming. So, I think this is going to be good to get out to the West Coast, play against some playoff-type competition and get into that kind of atmosphere again and maybe even, maybe even get away a little bit from the 700 hoopla for, for – a little bit. I think that'll be good for them. I mean, we, yeah, I, I got, mean, they're never, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. they're never going to admit this because they're competitors every night to go out there. They want to win, obviously. But we even saw they played the Yankees. That series was electric. I was at one of the games. They swept them. The crowd was going insane. They fed off of it. And then they go to Colorado, kind of dragged ass for a series, to be quite honest. Then they went to play Milwaukee, another electric series. Then the Cubs kind of dragged ass a little bit. I mean, it just kind of spirals that way. When you go and you play a team that you know that you're trying to make a statement, and it's just different. Like that Braves series was one of the most fun, non um, like postseason clinching regular season series I've seen in a long time. When you're going against a team where you're like, this is something we can make a statement here, we can show that we're for real, you get up for those a little bit more. And it's just natural. Like I know they're never going to say, oh, well, we try harder against the Braves than we do against right. the Cubs, but it's just the energy. <laughs> the energy is different. Right. So, like, I, I think it's, I think, I do think, however, this could be. One, it's late and you're going to the West Coast and you're behind three hours and it could be a little tough or two hours, I guess. And then they maybe don't play great. That could happen. Or two, they're going to go out there and they're going to play really well and then they're going to make another statement. Oh, okay, so they were just bad because they weren't getting up for the Pirates and the Reds, which is very possible. I, I think it's three really important starts, too, and Mike, tell me what you think about this. But you got Wayno, Michaelis, and Jack. Like, honestly, those are – we need to see three really solid starts from those guys against the Pirates because that's – Postseason competition. Yep, I think I think it's big because you know Wayno has been struggling a little bit. Um, Michael's has been a little bit hot and cold, and Jack still his Jack's velocity is there, and it looks to me like his stuff is there. I think he's just a little bit off on his location, and that's that's where he's getting hit a little bit. But I mean, if he stays healthy and he can fine tune the location. That's a big weapon in the playoffs. And so, yeah, if we could get at least two of those three to put a good start on here and give us some innings, that would go a long way. Mike, Agreed. did you watch – did you watch – Caleb and I have talked about this. There is nothing like – like, my wife may not love this, but there is <laughs> because then it hogs the TV all night. But I love 9 o'clock starts, man. I, lo- I don't oh, know yeah. why. I, I didn't love it yeah. when I talked, but I, I don't do that anymore. So <laughs> – you know, but those nine o'clock starts are awesome, and you've got a bunch of them coming up. Yeah, they're my favorite. Yeah. Well, yeah, and for me, I'm up till midnight every night anyway. I don't. I've always been that way, so I don't sleep early. It's midnight, one o'clock before I fall asleep every night. My wife's in bed by nine thirty or ten. She doesn't like baseball anyway, so it's perfect for me. <laughs> we, I can watch. I can watch some sitcoms up until nine. Turn the Cardinal game on. She's off to bed, and it's game on. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I want to get back to Jack for one second because I think sure. 
he may be the X factor of this season for this team. If he can be, I'm not going to say 2019 Jack Flair. That's unreasonable at this point in time to even put that as his ceiling right now. He's done it before. It's just not fair to say he can be the best pitcher in baseball right now. I think if he can get back to being first half 2021 Jack Flaherty, this team is going to be very hard to beat at home in any series. Very hard. Because I just think, I just, I don't, they have a different energy about them. I know it's the historic things happening. But man, he, he looked really good at the last start. I don't know if you watched it, Mike. I think, Dad, I think you were you were not watching. I think you were. I did not watch that. in Louisville, but yep. he looked great. His stuff was great. It was like he gave up three runs in like a blink of an eye. Off Nolan yep. made a really bad throwing error that led to one, and somehow it was still an earned run. I don't really know how that happened, but it kind of was like a blink of an eye. It's like, well, his stat line sucks, but the dude's his stuff looked as good as I've seen it in a year and a half, probably. I thought at least. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed. That I've watched, I think, his last three or four starts now, and. And all of them, I thought, you know, he's he's touching 97 once in a while and, you know, sitting in the mid-90s again, which that's a great sign. And his breaking stuff looks good. He's he's getting swings and misses. So I think it's there. Uh, but to me, when I've watched his starts, he's not, he's not hitting the mitt consistently. It's, you know, one out of three pitches is right where Yachty calls it. And I – he's capable of, of tightening that up. And once he does, I think he's a huge weapon. And yeah, like you even, said, I think he's a, he's the X factor for sure. And even with his stuff, man, if that guy misses a spot, I mean, it's nine times out of 10 is still probably not getting hit because they're yep. so good. So if he yep. can, that's how that shows you how badly he's missing. I think it's more the counts he's missing in than when he's been he, him missing. It seems like he's missing in a lot of O2 counts with breaking pitches or fastballs. And that's obviously where the hitter's looking to protect. So you miss over the middle, they're going to hit it. And he even right. said after the, after the game, he said, I'm missing too many 0-2 pitches and it's costing me every time. So when, when he starts, to, I think he's healthy, which is a big thing. And I think he just needs to start putting it together. And I, th- I think he will personally. All right. Um, and then I guess we go into LA, always tough to play in Chavez Ravine. Um, but you've got Monty, Q, um, Wait, that's who you'd have on in there, Miles, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then they'd, that's go right. To, they'd go to then to Milwaukee with Michaelis and Flaherty. So that's that's kind of what you're looking at, I assume, with the with the rotation right now. Uh, then you finish off the next two with with Pittsburgh, first three here. Then we go there. So I mean, the rotation sets up well. The Dodgers. I mean, I I, I get the feeling a lot of people in St. Louis haven't really watched the Dodgers. I shouldn't say that's very speculative, but just. I think people view them from afar. Oh, they're really good. When you watch them, it is—they're a different type of good. They're yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still no, don't and that's think... why I—that's <laughs> I, why I want to play him as late as possible okay. and just give everybody else a shot to knock them off first. And yeah. the other thing is, that, Kev, I'll let you say this too. Our, our answer also, but Max Muncy started to hit in case nobody's paying attention. He's healthy now. I, you know, he said all year was that with the shoulder or elbow. I don't remember what he had. It was he broke arm. his elbow last year. We're elbow, okay yeah. his elbow last year. And it, all of a sudden, he said he finally feels healthy. He's hit. He is raking in the last four or five weeks, and that's just, that lineup does not stop. I mean, you think? I mean, we talk about the Braves lineup, which I love. I my God, you put together that many homegrown guys in that line. That's that's a thing of beauty right there. But the Dodgers, their lineup does not stop either. And Freddie Freeman is going to win a batting title, it looks like, because the Goldie slump has almost given him that. Um, it, it, they are, they are a wagon. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say about them. It's no. every year 
but they've only, I mean, but the thing is, it's almost like when you're an outsider, you're like, who's going to knock them off? Whoever knocks them off is going to win the World Series. Someone's going to knock them off and win the World Series. It happens every year. They either, they won once, and every other year it seems like they either lose in the World Series or they lose to the team that wins the World Series. So, I mean, they're really good, but are they un- they're not unbeatable. I feel like that's, no, that's the thing about them. You look at them, you're like, they, man, they're really good, but their starting rotation is not what it has been at all. Gonsolin's been right. banged up. Urias is good, but you can hit him. He's not a guy where you pencil seven unearned – I mean, earned zero earned runs. They don't have Bueller. They don't have – Kershaw's been up and down with injuries. I mean, that's not an unbeatable team, but, man, they're really good. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe it's a mental block. I know their the record's insane. I just don't feel like they're as good as I felt they've been the last couple of years. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, their record says they're really good. But, like you said, there's some there's some chinks in the armor now with, with their rotation, and I think that's where they can be had in the postseason in a short series, get a – you know, a couple outstanding pitching performances against them and, and you know, hope for the best. Mad and they don't really run. have that closer. Like, Craig Kimbrell's been really up and down. They yeah. don't yeah. have that fire-breathing Kimley Jansen waiting out there to shut you down every ninth inning. So, I mean, they, they're, they're a team that – they're obviously really good. They're the best team in baseball, and it's not close. But I think that they are as beatable as they've been since they've had this run of dominance. And that's crazy to yeah. say with their record, but that's just how I, I think. I'm excited for this these next day games because I, I just think that's like you guys, have, both of you have said it. Uh, it's going to be a le- like these are big games. Like these aren't playing the Reds, the Nationals, the Cup. They're just not. This is these are guys you could see in three weeks. So yeah. you better be on it. Like you better take so- good at bats. You better grind at bats. You better get hits. You better do, run the base as well and play good defense. And if you get some pitching in there, you can you can win. You can go five and three in this next eight. You can't. There it is. There it is. Right there. I think. Yeah. I think the reason it is it feels like that is well. I love playing good teams because when that ball hit Andrew Kisner's arm, they walked it off. It was a sigh of relief that we didn't just lose to the Reds. <laughs> but now, if that happens and you're playing the Padres or the Dodgers, like man, we just beat them, and that feels good. It doesn't feel like oh, thank God we didn't just embarrass ourselves. So yep. that, that's what it is. It's just a different feeling when you're playing good teams. And I'll tell you what, this Padres series, watch out because Juan Soto starting to hit and that team's starting to go. So, of course, that's when we play them because why wouldn't it be? But right. if we start to lose, watch out for Twitter for the Juan Soto comments because that's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, I was going to get into but we're running. We, we, we want to get Mike out of here in a little bit. Also, we run a little bit uh, longer, which is great because we've had some awesome conversations here. Uh, I was going to get into the Jeff Albert stuff. We'll leave that for another time. It it just blows. There, I got I got a lot to say about it, but we'll talk later about it. Uh, as someone who was, oh, what is this? Who is this guy? To now, like, I don't know how you argue with numbers and facts and the and the whole system hitting. I don't know. I have a I have a lot of thoughts there, but I don't think we need to get into that. I'll say one quick thing. His job was to revamp the entire system of the Cardinals, not just the major leagues, and we have the most good hitters we've ever had since I've been alive in our organization right now. That's all I've got. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's, so hey, we can, we'll just scratch that off the list. We don't even need to talk about it. No, we move on. <laughs> uh, let's take a trip trip around the league. The old Twib notes. Uh, shout out Mel Allen and This Week in Baseball. It's Mike and I grew up on. Greatest, greatest baseball show of all time. Absolutely. Nothing's ever close. Greatest show of all time. So um, just a few things, and then I, 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 I'm glad Mike's up here to get 
more than just Kale Drex. No, no offense, Kale. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's always good to get a third perspective. But just a few things. Uh, Dodgers and Astros clinch. So they're already in. Uh, MLB Central, maybe the second greatest baseball show of all time. I do really enjoy that show. DeRosa uh, okay. said something that I thought was really, really cool. And I had never really heard a player talk about it before. Um, he said every year that the Braves would clinch, Bobby Cox would go around the entire clubhouse and ask players, you know, because they're talking about like, you give guys days off. Is it too, you know, do you clinch too early? Can you then peak? You know, what, what is, how do you keep that balance? And he said Bobby Cox would go around the entire clubhouse and ask what incentives they had in their contracts, which I think is awesome. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, that's cool. Especially when you get the J Rod contracts. <laughs> where he can make extra 200 mil if he hits his incentives. Right. Uh, you said J Rod. I, I, you uh, had me flashing back to Johnny Load. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but he sounds like a porn star. Well, it was the original John Rodriguez for the Cardinals. Johnny Tony Rodriguez. LaRusso. Yeah, they called him J Rod, and Tony LaRusa hated the nickname, so he made his own nickname up and called him Johnny Load. Because he didn't want it, he didn't want people calling him J Rod. <laughs> but I just thought that was like, you know, those are stories you don't hear, and I'm sure, you know, I that's you know, hey, some guys have a games played in their contract, some guys have a hits thing in their contract or a strikeout in their contract. I I thought that was just one of those little nuggets that I heard, and I was like, that's pretty awesome. Like, if, if you're a player, that's a manager I want to play for. Then absolutely yeah. for sure. I never heard that before. That's a yeah. great story though. It's like oh, when Tom awesome. Brady was trying to feed Gronk and AB last year to get them their incentives. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and then then AB ran off the field. Yep, that happened. <laughs> I forget that happens sometimes. Um, staying with the Braves, uh, Strider, the, I mean Quadzilla. That dude is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fastest pitcher in MLB history to uh, rookie, or as a pitcher, pitcher to get to 200 strikeouts, did 130 innings, which is unbelievable. Uh, the big unit had done it in 130 and two thirds innings, uh, and the first franchise pitcher for the Braves to get to 200 strikeouts. We, you and I talked about it, Kay, and I'd like to get Mike's perspective before you you kind of finish this off here. Uh, is it Michael Harris or Spencer Strider for Rookie of the Year, Mike? Gosh, I got to go Strider. That's, it's a great battle, but uh, Strider has been pretty amazing from day one, and I, it's hard to find, oh my God. find a rookie with a performance like his right now. So, Harris is great too, but I I would give the nod to Strider myself. I don't even know they're both so good. This is ridiculous. I just looked at Harris. I'm yeah. not even answering because last time I asked, I flipped what I said the week before, and I don't <laughs> want to do that again. And I think he I said Harris from, last week. No doubt, Spencer Strider. End of story. Move on to the next week. Oh, it's Michael Harris. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what's happening. So I'm not going to say anything. I do want to say that I believe Strider's one of, or if not the first pitcher ever to get 200 Ks before giving up 100 hits. Oh, That's wow. ridiculous. He only gave up 86. He only has given up 86 hits. Again, maybe this is my ignorance, and if so, please call me out on it. I, I had never heard, of, and it's not like I am well-versed in every team's, you know, their their uh, prospect-ish roster and their rankings. But I do know, I feel like, Major League roster, or prospect watch. I had not heard of Spencer Strider as being this top, like, guy. He has not only been incredible he sort of saved the I mean Ian Anderson has not been great they've had injuries to their, their pitching staff um what he has done there not only is he maybe going to win rookie of the year he might win the team MVP and that's with what Austin Riley is doing 
You want to know why you hadn't heard of him? He played one year in the minor leagues, and he played at all four levels. Wow. That's why I haven't heard of He's 23. Was he a a college draft pick, or is he – he had to be a college guy, right? Um, He is – his first season, he was 22, so he was – he was drafted in the fourth round out of Christian Academy of Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, that's a fucking dominant program. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is. We should have known. It's a junior college. It looks, it looks like it's a junior Academy college. Academy of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, cocked. Yeah. Cocked. How do you go I fourth mean, round? Fun. The dude was throwing, probably throwing 100 at that time still. I don't know. I mean, he's he's just got nasty stuff. Could you imagine pitches. what he was doing to the Christian Academy from Gatlinburg, Tennessee? And those games, like, he was, he was striking out 27 yeah. guys. They had no chance. Probably. None. No. None. That's the guy That's I'm afraid of. When he I, pitches against the Cardinals, it's like, watching, it's, like watching middle, it's like watching middle schoolers face Roger Clemens in his prime. Carlos could not hit Spencer Strider at all. It's, like, scary yeah, how good he is against us. No, apparently not. He'd get up 86 hits. And I just saw the stat, by the way. No pitcher has ever had 200 strikeouts without giving up 100 hits in a full season. I think Strider's going to have two or three more starts, so he can't give up 14 hits, and then he'll be the first to ever do it. You know, that's you, amazing. That's a, again, if you look around baseball, honestly, and we are, we have been very critical of our of our drafting development, whatever. But you could argue it's Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals as far as drafting and developing guys ready at the major league level. I, I mean, I think the Dodgers and the Braves kind of stay at their own level. If you look at what the Braves have done in I the think, last 10 years, that's it's unbelievable what they I think the Dodgers you can also take that all the way back. And I know they traded for Maddox and they traded for Smoltz. Um, I understand that. You know, when they were in single A, double A. Well, Maddox was like big leagues, but Smoltz was like single A, double A guy. But I mean, what they have done, all three of those teams, organizations for years, the, the, and the Yankees, you have to throw them in there because what they did with Bernie and Jeter and Posada and Pettit and those those guys, unbelievable. No. But they also have a freaking 200 and something million dollar payroll. So if you look at what the Braves and Cardinals done, especially pretty impressive. To me, the Braves and the Dodgers are the, are the pinnacle of baseball and what you should look up for. And the Braves are ahead of the Dodgers because they're just more realistic for most teams. Like the Dodgers best players, their three best players. It wasn't hard for them to trade for Mookie Betts, Trey Turner and sign Freddie Freeman. Those were not hard decisions, right. but I for agree. the Mets, I mean, for the Braves, for what they did to extend even Harris now, but to extend Riley, to extend Acuna, Albies, all those guys for cheap. Huh? Von, they didn't extend Von Grissom. Grissom. Yeah, they, huh? They didn't extend Von Grissom. No, I'm just saying that's another guy. That, yeah, that's another guy. Yeah, what I'm saying is they were able to play. They were able to extend these guys, guarantee them money, bring them all up, and keep them. Like they, and then they said, okay, we're going to lose our franchise player and just get Matt Olson and replace him. It's fine, no big deal. <laughs> like that, what they have done, it should be the model for every organization. Um, because it's more attainable than what the Dodgers have done to spend three hundred million dollars and trade for superstars right. every year. But the Braves, I mean, they're just they're so well run. It's incredible. I mean, look at the '90s and they're running dominance in the '90s, and then look at now thirty years later and they're just as dominant. Like that's, and in between that was you know that Chipper and Andrew Jones and all these guys. So they've been they've done a great job. I I have they're a great organization. Thanks for Wayno. <laughs> yeah, they did trade Wayno. Yeah, and Juan Yepes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got yep too. So thank you, Atlanta. Yeah, thanks, Atlanta. You suck, <laughs> <laughs> suckers. Um, just a few things around the league, also, and then I'll let you guys. If you want to throw in here, um, just a few shout outs. Framber Valdez. Nobody, not nobody. That's a false. 
It seems like nobody's heard of Framber Valdez, but they should. 25 straight are quality starts. That's unbelievable. That is literally, in this era, where you would think maybe he'd go five and two-thirds or five and a third. Or, hey, maybe give up 400 runs. Right. No, especially in Houston, where that's a bam box for right-handed hit- hitters, and he's a left-handed pitcher. Like, uh, I don't know how he's done. He's incredible. I saw Chris Carpenter was on that list. He had 22 for the Cardinals yeah. in 06 or 07 or something like that. But, that, I mean, that's incredible. He is so good. And if you don't know who Framber Valdez is, no, no offense if that's you. That's kind of your fault because he's been great in the postseason for, like, three years. But that guy, he is so underappreciated. Him and Verlander are at the top of the 1-2, like a 1-2 combination of rotation. Like, they can match up with anybody in baseball, as far as I'm concerned, as a one and two. So, a week ago, tomorrow, so last Tuesday, I put a bet down on Framber Valdez for the AL Cy Young at 65 to one. Uh, two days later, on Thursday, his odds were 10 to one. <laughs> yeah. So, he might win. Um, Let me look at this. I, Verlander is still the favorite, and he came back and had a great outing, which 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 hurt me a little bit on the bet. But but then Valdez came back and had another quality start and a win. So it's, I mean, he's at least in the conversation. So I, yes. I feel good that I got that got a great price on it, and the fact that I'm going into the last two weeks live with something to root for, I'm pretty. Excited that's, about that. That's a quality bet. Plus six fifty is. is a quality bet. That's I just looked at Framber the stats. Valdez. That was a good that was a good, I looked good at get. The Framber Valdez stats. That's where I started. And I was like, wow, these are incredible. Yeah. He might win it. And then I looked at Verlander, he has no chance. <laughs> <laughs> well Verlander has a one point seven ERA with a point nine whip. That guy's out of his the, mind. The 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 shot that he had was if Verlander came back and got hurt again or, or came back up. not as a not as effective, you know, struggled a couple of times. But, uh, yeah, it's it's Verlander's to win as long as he goes out and pitches well the last couple starts. But Not to mention I, Verlander's been robbed multiple times of a Cy Young, so just give him this one, please. Like, he should have won, like, two well, other ones and got robbed. Well, for, for the sake of my bankroll, I'm not ready to just say give it to Verlander. <laughs> <laughs> um, also uh, – as impressive as that is, DeGrom, 40 straight starts, three earned runs or less. That's also impressive. O'Neill Cruz had three earned bombs yesterday. And Kim and I have had these discussions before, like just sitting down here watching TV. I don't know where to rank him in pitchers I've I've seen. Like, I, I just don't. Because when he pitches, and I know it's not all the time. I know he's had injury issues here. There. I, I don't think I've ever – I mean, he is Clemens-like. That's who he reminds me of as far as dominance goes from the right-handed side. That's yeah. a fair comparison. I mean, honestly, his stuff is better than Clemens, but uh, you it's, a different, it's, it's a different era now. So, yeah, the only thing that's ever really been against him is his own health. That's it. I mean, if, yeah. when he's healthy, there's nobody like him. He's The Mets are going to be a fucking problem in the playoffs. No, they're not. Scherzer and DeGrom, that's a – Okay, well, let's not pencil Scherzer in. That guy's been hurt for weeks now. Like he's I been, said, he's been injured too. But if he comes back in his Scherzer, then I mean, you're you're gonna have a hard time finding a better one-two punch than those two guys. You you want you well you not only would you have a hard time, you would look forever because you won't find one. But 
Except maybe Verlander and Framber. No. (laughs) Neither of those guys can do what DeGrom can do in a game. Here's what I will say. Scherzer, if Scherzer Scherzer seems like he has an oblique problem that's about to go. Like it's about it's getting very close to just being out for a year because his oblique's gone. Yeah. Because he just keeps he's trying to maintain it. I hope he can because I love Max Scherzer, but it seems like that thing is just about ready to tear. So if he can avoid that, I do too, knock on wood. But if he can avoid that, then yes, I agree. But if one of those two goes down, I mean, you look at their lineup, it just doesn't stack up with the other three teams in the National League, I don't think. Yeah, and with Marte out, that's another huge loss for them. Injuries will be the thing that really hurts them if if they're not able to make a long run in the postseason, I think. Dude, they got Timmy fucking trumpets. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you have to get the Timmy trumpets. Um, one one thing, one more thing. I just want to get to actually two. Uh, what Aaron Judge, fifty nine, Aaron Judge. He ten point something WAR at this point. Um, he's he's gonna do it right. Like he's gonna break. Yeah. So that dude, if, he might have I his eyes on Bonds. Had to guess Caleb and Mike, both of you. Caleb, give me a number that you think he ends up at. Sixty six. Okay. Oh, okay. No, that's too much. Sorry, 60, 64. I'm going to go 64. Okay. That sounds good. Mm, I'm going to say 67. Okay. Wow. So yep. he has, what, 14 games left, so he thinks he's going to hit eight more? Yep. That'd be That's incredible. What I'm going I hope with. he does it. I hope he goes as he's high as he possibly can. He I'm was a big plus 110 to hit a home run the other night. That's it? <laughs> plus That's like Connie McDavid goal bets. That's insane. Like, plus 110. Like – Normally, if I, I don't usually bet home runs, but I want like 350, yeah, 375 right. maybe. It was like right. plus, that was in his stretch of what he hit like seven to 10 days or something like that. It was like plus, it got down to plus 110. It could have been plus 120. I could have exaggerated. Either way, it was a number I'd never seen on, yeah, on a home run. <laughs> and at this point, you're like, man, plus money for judging a home run? That's a value. Yeah, yeah give, me, give, give me that. that. I think he hit a home run. And I, and I thought to myself, why didn't I put my entire bankroll on that <laughs> and double it? Like, you know? Yeah. He's just, wow. he's having one of the, it's just such a cool season to see what he's doing. And he, it keeps getting lost in MVP debates because I feel like you're very hard one way or the other. It's, it's either Otani, you're all on that and you can't be told otherwise, or it's Judge and you're all on that and you can't be told otherwise. Uh, my vote still goes to Otani unless, if Judge does not break the record. If he breaks it, I think you can give it to him. But I think I just think you should enjoy both of these seasons. They're both absurd what they're doing, and I just hope it doesn't get lost. I'm a huge Shohei Otani fan, and to me, he's the most valuable player in baseball every year if he continues doing what he's doing. But what Aaron Judge does is doing right now needs to not be lost in the arguments of Twitter on whether Shohei should win it or he should win it. Because just for a little, more than an award, a little perspective, just for a little perspective, and then Mike, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Judge has a 10.4 WAR right now. Otani up to eight point six. Um, the next closest is Goldie at seven one. What those two guys are doing yeah. is pretty, pretty remarkable. Can I also say something? Because WAR is like relative to the replacement level players. Correct. There's no replacement level Shohei Otani. So who are they comparing <laughs> him to? Like right. his WAR is just BS in my opinion. Like because he <laughs> it should be doubled. Whatever he's doing, exactly. Doubled. You're right. Yeah. You first you have to replace his wins as a pitcher, and then replaces wins as a hitter that's and then yeah, multiply it by do. 10 and you might be close to how valuable that guy is to a baseball <laughs> right exactly um just the last thing i wanted to say and, and we don't have to spend time i don't really need any takes on this just another thing that i thought was really really cool uh the rays 
first team ever to start all the all Latin players, Donna Roberto Clemente. That's a class not a, not surprised Kevin Cash is a classic. That's a class act. And I thought that was a really cool moment for me for major league baseball, but also for humanity at a time when sometimes we need it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, Kudos to I him. love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that they have that many baseball players from Latin America so on their team that they didn't have to call anyone up to do that. They just had those yeah. guys there and they're all really good players. I will say one thing about Roberto Clemente because we didn't have a podcast on the day. One, look at the dude's story. He's one of the greatest humans to ever play professional sports. So that's one. Two, his number needs to be retired. I mean, it's almost too perfect. 21 is half of 42. Like, that just looks cool mm-hmm. to me, like, aesthetically. But there is not another player. He's, to me, would probably be second among the most impactful baseball players of all time behind Jackie Robinson. You could argue that they're tied. I don't know why his number's not retired yet. Yeah, I don't either. Well, I mean, you only have one in Major League Baseball. You only Should have be one. two. Yeah, I, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying uh, I, I think maybe baseball doesn't want to start a slippery slope there, but I don't I think to. they are. But I, I, I think with what Jackie Robinson did for African-Americans, obviously we all know that. Roberto Clemente did the same thing for Latin American players. And there's big, there's big, if not a bigger part of our sport than any other you know nationality outside of America. So I think he should be honored the same. Okay, I agree. I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's cool that Pittsburgh's right field wall is 21 feet tall, too. It's awesome. I love yeah. it. That's, that, that's some perspective there. With um, Clemente so, Bridge right across the street. Anything else that you guys want to talk about from around league? Like I said, I was out of it, like, out of it for the last four days just because I, I had no service anywhere. And when I got back, we were exhausted. And I usually went to bed or ate, like, destroyed some pizza and then fell asleep. So that was that was my night. But anything else you guys want to hit around before we get to the power rankings? I think everything's about set in stone, but I think the one thing that needs mentioning is the Guardians seem to have pulled away with their division. Yeah. Everything else kind of stayed the same from last week. Tony's not coming back, right? Like, he's done. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't imagine he's coming back now. Yeah, I... I would have a hard time seeing him come back, but yeah. you never know. Like we never, it's it is Jerry Krause, right? Like we, you never know. Or Reinsdorf, which one? Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know. All right. You ready for the? Well, let's do the power rankings. We'll do the giveaway. Uh, Mike can go watch Tennessee win, and, and then we we'll get you out of here. So we got about two minutes. Is that good, Mike? Good. Let's roll. Awesome. Yeah. Hurry it up. Um, and it's cool to get another take also on these power rankings. All right, we ready? Okay. So my, I have a big shakeup from last week. Um, oh, no. I know. I think you're going to be excited about it, all everybody out there in uh, the land. Oh, let's get to uh, it, son. All right. <laughs> I was. I had to build that up while I, I could pull it up on my phone. Seems like um, you're having a stroke. I know. <laughs> ten. Ten are the Padres. Again, we have talked in the last three weeks. I don't really like putting anybody at ten. It's either the Phillies or the Padres, probably. Um, I don't really like either of them, if we're going to be honest, as far as being a powerful team. But you got to rank them, and they have to fall somewhere. So I put the Padres at number ten. Six you just said that about 10. the. You just said that about the two teams the Cardinals are one of the two the Cardinals are going to face in the playoffs, <laughs> and now you're just making it to where you're going to bite us in the ass. Why did you do that? <laughs> I really Thanks do respect the, Jets, the Mike, amount of power it. you think I have. God, I hate you. Just next one. I don't want to talk about them. Uh, number nine and a, and a sharp drop are the Mariners. They've really struggled lately. Yeah, I just I really like their pitching, and I like how what they're going to be able to do with it in the postseason. But yeah, they've had a little bit of a tough stretch. I think they'll be fine. They're winning nine to one right now, by the way, as I look over my shoulder. Yeah, of course, of course. 
That, that so there's your power that you have. You just did that. <laughs> Mike, anything on the Padres or the Mariners? No, I'm just I'm with Caleb. Thanks for the big jinx. Appreciate that. Anytime. I yeah. think it was. I think it was uh, the opposite. I think I put the good juju on the Cardinals right there. That's not All no, right. you didn't. All right. Uh, number eight are the Rays. Like I, every year, right? They're they're there. They're they're playing middle baseball. Right? Were they five and five or six and four in their last ten? They're not killing it, but they're the Rays. And again, we know that somehow they're going to find a way to be dangerous in the playoffs. That's all yeah. I know. No one knows how, but they'll be good. No, agreed. Agreed. Uh, seven, the Guardians. Wow. Yeah, D. That's for you, buddy. Uh, they what eight and two? They're running away with the Central. Finally, a team broke loose. I do not agree that Stephen Kwan should be the rookie of the year in the American League. No. However, I do think that team is dangerous because, uh, depending on who they they match up against, whether it's probably what would it be the Rays. Who will they match up against? Rays, the Mariners, Blue Jays, probably the Blue right? Jay, probably the Blue Jays or the Rays. I would think. Yeah. Uh, with with Bieber, with McKenzie, with the way Quantrill's thrown, uh, and then you got Class A at the end of the, and then you always have Jose Ramirez in the middle. Uh, and James Karinchak's been really good. I really do. Do what? James Karinchak's been really good in the bullpen. Correct. Too. Um, he got that head rub from the umpire. Yeah. I don't want to talk about <laughs> that because I don't know what to say about it. But yeah. um, yeah, they're 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 a good team. I I I'd have a hard time ranking them above the the Mariners personally, but yeah, I mean they're playing really well right now, so you can't really argue with it too much. All right. Yeah, right now they are slated to play the Rays in the three. Season, okay, as it stands today, that might be there that's might be three runs three, scored in that's those be three two games. to one games every night. Yeah, it might be yeah. one nothing each game. Well, there you could be. And Jose could Ramirez be. is going to have three home runs. Um, coming at number six are the Blue Jays. It seems like maybe they've finally gotten together. Like I don't know. I know I still I don't, don't trust, trust the pitching in the playoffs. I just don't. I don't trust I love any Gosman. I think that the loss of Robbie Ray really hurts them. Uh, reuse injury obviously has been a big thing. I Joe or uh, oh my god, why did I lose his name? Who's your closer? Um, from, Jordan Romero. Uh, Jordan Romero. Yeah, I was gonna say Jojo, but we have him. Um, I, I just don't. I Romano. don't trust their pitching, but but that offense is so dangerous. Jordan Romano. Sorry, Romano. Um, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Bobachet's been the ex. Was that you knew if he got going, the team was gonna be take a step forward, and he's finally gotten going. So good for them. Um, they're not a team I think anyone would want to play in the postseason, but I just don't know if I trust that their team's going to be, I don't know, cohesive enough to go as far as they think they might be able to. Right. Mike, anything on the Jays? Uh, they're fun to watch. That's all hey. I can say about them. I, they're fun to watch, and I hope they do well. I've always kind of been a closet Blue Jays fan Same. as my as my AL team. So I really hope I've, we don't play them in the World Series because that would be a disaster. I would love to play him in the World Series because that would mean we're in the World Series. It would mean Nolan and Goldie weren't not playing in our World Series games, and I would cry. Oh, well, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I don't want that shit storm. Are we we 100% sure that's still going to be the case? I don't know. No. That that would suck. We know nothing about anything when it comes to that. I want to avoid that storyline at all costs. That's all I know. (laughs) I want to avoid that storyline. Logic's gone, so I didn't say anything. I, I just want to avoid the storyline. I don't want to hear about it ever yeah. again. I don't want um, it to happen. Top five is still the same for me, and you guys can hit on this if you want, but it's Cardinals, Braves, Mets, Astros, Dodgers. Like, I, I, that's yep. not – to me, I don't see that changing unless something drastic happens and one of those teams goes on an 0-10 and 
uh, stretch, which I don't see happening either. I think those are the five best teams in baseball. I do believe the five right behind them are very dangerous and very good. And like I said, I think the Guardians are incredibly dangerous because of their pitching and their bullpen. They're not gonna they're not gonna outslug anybody, but they find ways to win and they've proven that going eight and two in their last ten. But the top five are the top five to me. I don't know. I mean, the only way it can change Braves and the Mets, you can. Yeah, I'm not it. gonna. I think the Mets are better than the Braves right now. They're leading the Braves. They're playing. I, I'm just saying right now when you look at the standings, right? If you take subjectivity out of it, um, the numbers say right now the Mets are better. The Mets have a better record, but I don't think they're as good of a team as the Braves. But I would still rank the Mets. Whoever wins the East will be will be three, and the other one will be right. four. That's where it's gonna be. So until the Braves pass them, if that were to happen, then I'd just keep it the same. All right. So we're happy on that. Yeah, we're good. All right, last thing. We got one last thing. Hold on, I fixed the case. The uh, the Whitey Herzog ball we're giving away. And since we have a guest on here, since it's Mike, uh, I've got my list of guys, and I've got I uh, thank you Google also once again for giving me a nice little thing that uh, I didn't have to put any thought into. It. I just put the names in. It spit out a random order number. So Mike, what I need you to do is simply choose a number. Between one and twelve, <laughs> and I will All give right. you the winner. All right, sounds good. Lucky number two. That's my number. Lucky number so I'm two, two is uh, at Bruce underscore Epic. Uh, our guy Bruce Heller is the winner of the Whitey Herzog Twitter giveaway. You know what? The amount Congrats, of times, Bruce. the amount of times he commented on that, he deserves it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He does. I agree. Um, this was kind of cool to do. Also. Uh, we got a lot of retweets on this and a lot of shares, which was really cool. Thank you for that, by the way, for people who are paying attention and who are playing along. Um, next week, we'll have a week long when we're going to do a Facebook giveaway of another 1982 Hall of Fame signed baseball. Awesome. Yeah. So shout out, Bruce. Good. Um, I'll be in contact, buddy. Uh, I know you listen and I know you watch. And I know you're actively interacting with Caleb and I and, and all of us on Twitter. So that's awesome. Uh uh, no better place for the Whitey Herzog signed ball to go than to you. My brother, we can't, we can't thank you enough for, for tuning in or for coming on and, and, and helping us. And we love to have you on. We'd love to have you on more if you're available. I know life is busy for you. You've got kids going everywhere. You're up, you're up jumping around at Camp Randall. Uh, you're at the <laughs> Hall of Fame. You're eating wraps in Cincinnati. I don't know. It's been a great year for the bucket list, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Love it. Every time you're on here, brother, I love it. Good luck to the Titans tonight. Um, I did. I won't tell you that I have the Bills minus 10. Okay, well, I wouldn't bet against that, but I'm <laughs> still going to be hopeful. Hey, good luck, buddy. It was great having you, man. All right. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. See you guys. Yeah. See you, buddy. Uh, to the rest of you, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best. Um, anything else you wanted to say before we get out of here? No, I'm good. I got to pee really bad, though. Oh, all right. All right. Um, I think we got through a lot of good stuff today. That was awesome. Well done. Uh, we got the Padres, Cardinals coming up. Uh, tune in to Late Night Baseball. Day off today. I think they could probably use that. They're probably eating some killer tacos or something there in uh, San Diego or at a great steakhouse, one or the other. Uh, again, be on the lookout for the Facebook giveaway. We will announce it next week and start it. We're going to run it the last week of the season and going into the playoffs. Uh, Caleb's home this weekend. Excited to have him back home, and we will be right back with you next week. Go Cardinals again, six big games. Everybody take care of each other. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Noble.